Hey all, it's Anthony. Merry Christmas. Uh, just wanted to let you know that there were some problems when we were recording, so if this episode seems kind of choppy in how it's edited, I do apologize, but trust me, you'd rather this version than the version where there's a bunch of drilling and stuff in the background. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, enjoy the episode. Again, is it? What, uh, is <laughs> What's it? our intro again? That's a good way to start. Welcome, okay, uh, welcome to I went to welcome to I went to film school, the podcast about film school and life after film school. Is that what I usually say? That is what you usually say. Okay, good. Yeah, am I far enough away from the mic? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're okay, good. 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 The levels are fine. We're, okay, we're living life, you know. Okay, hey folks. Uh, so yeah, usually we talk. Usually this is a podcast where we talk about uh, film school and what have you, but uh, we usually have a guest too, right, Moss? Yeah, typically. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but this uh, this episode, there's no guest, and we're doing a uh, we're gonna count down. Since it's the since it's Christmas coming up, we're doing a countdown of our top ten Christmas movies. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be real festive, real merry, you know, joyous. Um, so get fucking know. pumped. Yeah, get fucking pumped. It's gonna get be, fucking pumped for the holidays. Yeah, we're gonna be smelling like pine needles by the end of this. It's gonna be like, oh, I love it. Yeah, hence our really festive opening. Oh yeah, yeah. Just hear those sleigh bells. I don't even know. <laughs> it's gonna. Be, I think we should do sleigh bells. Sleigh bells. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's settled. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna do a top ten countdown. You know, starting at ten, going down to our number one. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Like before. We should we should tell we should we should let like both of our listeners know how we've been doing. We should <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, we, let's divulge all our shit. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what we should talk about? Do you want to talk about New Year's resolutions? Do you have any? Oh my god, yeah, I do. Okay, all right. So Fuck real quick, right in there. So real quick, um, next year my plan is that I'm going to um, hopefully, hopefully, um, like so I sleep in a lot lately. I've been sleeping in like a lot until like. 1 p.m. 2 p.m. Like I've been getting really lazy because my schedule's been super messed up since I don't have classes right now. My role as a master student is kind of bizarre at the moment since I finished a lot of my courses that I was supposed to do spread over time until I eventually do a TA job or I'm a research assistant or something. And um, as a teaching assistant, I'll be managing like a classroom of over like 15, like two classrooms of over 15 plus adults learning in this film program, and it's gonna be a nightmare. I mean, super fun. I can't wait. But um, actually, I am pretty excited to be able to teach people. But also at the same time, I'm what like course a little are you TAing for? So I'll be TAing for film, television, and social practice at YU. Oh yeah, YU. What is that? Uh, what does that stand at for? At York University in Toronto. All are right. You... Are you? Are you? Oh, what's that? They, they actually do have a chance. I know. For like I, a don't wanna, things, I don't want to. I don't want to support it. I'm not. I, dude, I don't know. I, I've never gone to like a single York sporting event, and it's. I, I, like, I was a, I was a frosh leader, so we had to learn the cheer. Oh God! Yeah. Anyway, um. Yeah. So, so you, what you, I'm not. What have you? What are your? Okay. So nonetheless, I have to be. I have to have a good sleep schedule if I'm going to. So be your resolution this. is to not sleep until one p.m. on a regular basis. Yeah, that's actually the plan. I don't know. I physically can't sleep in anymore. Like, yeah. Like okay, so I've just started a new job, um, where I'm a receptionist uh, slash assistant at an entertainment law firm. And in order to get there on time every day, I have to be uh, like I'm up at six in the morning every day now. And even on weekends where I can sleep in as long as much as I want, I physically can't. Like I can maybe, I can maybe sleep in an hour past my alarm at most, and then I wake up and I just can't fucking get back to sleep. 
Yeah. In fact, yeah. nowadays I'm waking up before my alarm. Oh, like, God, yeah, I hear I that. I hate that shit. We wake up like two hours before your alarm and then you just keep sleeping and waking up until you actually have to get up. Because you want to go back to bed, right? You yep. want to go back to bed and be like, well, I have two hours. Yeah. I'll just I'll just get these two hours and then the alarm will wake me up. But that doesn't happen. No, fuck no, you. That doesn't oh happen. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's my New Year's resolution. I just want to get my sleep schedule back and get my rear back in gear in terms of that. Because I used Your to, rear back in gear. That's right. Because I used to wake up. <laughs> I used to wake up Fucking pretty early. Fargo character. I, like. I, I was a reasonably early riser. I didn't have problems getting up at like, you know, 8 p.m. Do you stay up a lot the night before when you yeah, sleep in? Yeah, like inhumanly bad. Like I stay up until like 3 a.m. getting stuff done. So like. I don't know. I'm also asking for it. So that's another thing that I'll have to work on. Um, and yeah, also like sleep deprivation and insomnia are big problems that I'm lucky enough not to like really deal with to a bad level, but I can sense them coming on because there's times where I'm like, damn, I really can't get to sleep. And it's like 5 a.m. I hate that shit. You yeah. would take melatonin. I was considering doing it and I was considering um, like what 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 I started doing was I started just smoking weed before going to bed no. but that no no because no, it helps for a while because you, you know you get like an indica strain but then you just you start getting used to it so you have to stop and then you have to find something else that's this not is why good. melatonin is better yeah this is what i've heard about but honestly i don't think it's gonna anyway don't worry you don't about think, it why what do you only think no it's not that i don't want to take it it's just that i think like it might not help me the same way that it helps other people i found like especially like a lot of the same kind of like Listen, it doesn't matter. It's a whole long story. I would take melatonin. Okay, well, you know what? Thanks for your, like, um, brilliant medical opinion. You son of a bitch. You educated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, when you when you finally graduate out of med school, then we can talk. But until then, you fucking... what are your New Year's resolutions? Let's get off me. Um, I actually don't know what my New Year's <laughs> resolutions are. I asked you this, like, expecting you to have this prepared answer, which you did, but I don't. So last year, my, uh, my resolution was to see <laughs> 10 new movies each month. And for the most part, every month, I have been able to keep that up. There mm-hmm. were some yeah. slip ups. Yeah, and you been, had like one month where there was only eight, but it was still like, you there know, was eight. a That's couple. Good. Like in March, I only saw five, and a couple months, I only saw nine or eight. But for the most, for the vast majority of the year, I've seen 10 new movies each month. Also, in September, I saw 20 new movies because of TIFF. Yeah, I mean, that like, so that's that like makes two up months. for that shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, fucking whatever. sue me. Yeah, like, who the fuck are you? No. <laughs> Zach talking to himself, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was considering trying to do that again. Or maybe have it not to do with movie stuff. I don't know. One of the things is that um, I want to like, I want to try making making like a pact of writing more this year. Mm. Like I still wrote a decent amount this year, but so I didn't. There were periods of time where I could have taken more advantage of my free time and done more work than I did on my writing. So maybe I want. So I might make a resolution where like I write X amount a month or something like that, or I try to write X amount a week. Mm. But well, we'll see. Well, that's the thing, right? Where and I w- I'll make this quick because we should get into the list, but, like, think about... I- I'm always thinking about, like, anytime I have, like, a- an excess of free time that I want to use to relax, I'm thinking, oh, I could be doing something better. I could be writing a script. I could be, you know, thinking of a new paper or a YouTube video the or something. Guilt. And it's like, no, just... I have to train myself to like enjoy my time, but know when to stop because sometimes when I get like really lazy, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take the day off period. Just going to watch some crap. I'm just going to enjoy it. Just know Moss. You're never allowed to enjoy yourself. (laughs) That's That's a rule. That should be your New Year's resolution. Less enjoyment. (laughs) Less enjoyment. I'm tired of all this hedonism and pleasure. Let's make it a year of stress. (laughs) (laughs) We need more stress. Uh, Hurry it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. Um. So okay. I think I'm gonna come back to this news resolution. But I think I'm gonna try to make a pact about like just to just getting more writing done and try to like give mm-hmm. myself a number and a goal to aim at and all that shit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, probably the next episode won't be released till January 2020. No, definitely not. I don't think. I don't probably think either of us will We don't have, have time, time to, yeah. to do anything else. Yeah. I want to, you know what we should do? We should start like making more episodes, but like try to actually get ourselves in a schedule because we just kind of release these like, so far it's been monthly. Yeah. But. Well, it, the thing is that the, what, what more podcasts will do is they'll record a bunch of them at once. Like they'll have a yeah, whole day. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like we have to find like a middle ground between having essentially what is a whole day of recording or we record maybe two or three sessions at once and then we can like distribute those on a bi-weekly basis for the next time. You know well, what I mean? I think we could still record the way we do just like one at a time. But I was thinking instead of doing monthly, do you want to try in the new year trying to do like every other week? I feel like we could keep that up. I, we'll see. It just depends well, because, on like, like our schedule. Because this way, trust like, me, who knows what could happen. One Saturday or Sunday we meet up, then two Saturdays from there we do it again. Like we could do that, couldn't we? I mean, I'm I'm into the idea. Let's try it because we could we could do every other Saturday or every other Sunday. Sure. Yeah. I, and I like, don't see we'll why try not. to and actually try to pick a day maybe where I actually release these instead of just like whenever during the week. I mean, yeah. I, I... So if we record on a Saturday, we release on like a Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I mean that every sounds, other week. That's what we can do every good. other week. It just depends. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on. Um, it just depends on what my school schedule ends up being. I don't know why this wasn't your fucking priority exactly, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, sorry, class. You're not gonna be I teaching can't make it to cl- classes. I, I like... can't make it to class anymore. Um, I have pot- no, no. I know. I'm just saying. It just depends yeah. on like how things end up looking. Okay, let's jump into this fucking Christmas list. Y'all ready yeah. for? Uh, mm-hmm. Boston Zach's top 10 Christmas movies. Get under the mistletoe because you're going to want to kiss this list. After, I'm so sorry. What? I'm just, I just want to apologize. Get festive, quite get frankly. fucked yeah. is what you should have said. Get festive, get, get fucked. fucked. There. Yeah. That's a great Christmas motto. Right? You know? Okay. So let's start. Moss, do you want to start off the number 10? Um, Remind me what number 10 Jesus was. Christ. Okay. So number 10 is the movie Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Yes. Um. So quite frankly... Um, I, way, I've never seen this. Um, okay, so this is a film that I wish I I, I want to claim that like I came upon it purely on the basis of like oh yes I'm just like a creative individual and I seek out like really interesting art films by like Nagisa Oshima or whatever. But in all honesty, it was just because like my dad was like oh there's this cool old David Bowie movie on that says Merry Christmas and we watched it on Turner Classic Movies and my dad hated it but I loved it. Um, was your dad expecting like just like a rompy Christmas movie with David Bowie? I mean, he 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 saw it was a war movie. He saw it was like oh so David uh so David Bowie's character is this like captured um soldier in a Japanese camp and um the story is kind of about these soldiers who are intrigued with or who who get very very interested in um his kind of the way that David Bowie positions himself as a political figure, his his ideologies and uh, it, it's a very it's a very interesting and, and and I think bold film. It's a bold movie, if you will. <laughs> it's 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 okay. It's really really good. Um, it, you can watch it on Criterion streaming channel. It isn't the most Christmassy, in the sense of like very traditional Christmas. I thought you were just arguing to me before this that it was more of a Christmas well, movie. I'll get there. It's a Christmas movie in the sense of like talking about the idea of giving, but in a far more existential sense, other than like, oh yes, this joyous time of like you know, showing patronage as giving or like giving an object or a product or a service. And this is like giving your life, like the idea of giving yourself to an ideology. How much can you be a gift to a people who need, you know, like how, how far are you going to take some kind of a cause of martyrdom? Are you going to like kill yourself to be a gift to people? How much do you give of yourself um, before it hurts too much? You know, like those kinds of questions 
Um, they're not fun to talk about, but I think and if you want to have a different kind of Christmas experience, maybe one like a little more edgy, uh, I would recommend checking out. Some stop. edgy Christmas, yeah. <laughs> I would check it out. I, I, I think I would, uh, I recommend it. Is it all in Japanese? Um, parts of it are, but it's all subbed and not actually a good amount of it's in English. Is it like a half and half? Um, like nah, does David I, Bowie care? David Bowie's characters, he just speak English or what? He speaks English, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard to remember, actually. I, I saw it a few years ago now, but I, it's stuck in my head. But I, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember that actually. But um, I do remember that it's kind of half and half. Okay. It's not all subtitles. If that's what you're worried about. I'm not. I was just wondering. I mean, I, I can, I can mostly do subtitles if I want to go ahead and read a movie. As far as I know, it's on the Criterion Collection, so you might be able to. If you do want to watch it, you might be able to access it on their streaming channel that they have right now. Um, you might able. You can also usually check out um, what's it called? Uh, Canopy, which is like a library streaming service right. that tends to have Criterion Collection stuff. Uh, but who knows? Find it where you can if you want to check it out. I would definitely recommend it if you like David Bowie or Nagisa Oshima. They're both kind of at their peaks in terms of acting and directing in this movie. Really good. Yeah, and while I've never seen the movie, um, I'll make a point of trying to watch it. But uh, for those who haven't seen it and want like a little piece of it, I recommend looking up on Spotify or anywhere the musical piece, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. It's this fucking beautiful piano piece that's like four minutes long, and it's so fucking beautiful to listen to. I goddamn love it. And you can just listen to it in the movie as well. But yeah, also yeah, I've never seen the it. movie, but I have listened to it. <laughs> Shut up, Moss. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I yeah. had no idea David Bowie was in it until today. Yeah, yeah, it's um Bowie. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Okay, cool. So yeah, that was number ten. So number nine is It's a Wonderful Life. Once again, I've haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, despite the fact it's like one of the more famous Christmas movies. Moss doesn't want to knock over his mic over there. Um. <laughs> So Moss, I've seen big chunks of It's a Wonderful Life, but never, I've never seen it all the way through. So Moss, want to talk about It's a Wonderful Life? Well, okay. So It's a Wonderful Life, to me, is one of those movies that, uh, well, okay, first off, you have Jimmy Stewart, who's like the kind of the Tom Hanks of his day, or even um, like kind of a, the Morgan Freeman Tom Hanks of his time, kind of like a, a sacred patriarch. Um, but this is like the movie that, one of the films that really cemented him as that. I watched it early on because my parents forced me to one Christmas, me and my brothers. As most children have been forced to. Yeah, but, and at the time, we were all pretty bored. Like, I remember all, like, my brothers and I, we were all pretty not about watching a movie that was black and white. Um, but we watched it, and we all thought it was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, and it is. It's, like, a really crowd-pleasing movie. It's about, like, the worth of, um, the worth of one kind of kind act how far that goes. Um, the way that we understand the role of like an angel or the way that we understand um, the, like none of that, none of the like traditions of any one particular religion are actually held through, even though it's kind of, it's operating on a lot of um, Roman Catholic understandings of what Christmas is still. You still get stuff like every time you hear a bell, an angel gets its wings or something. You know, it's a lot of every it's, time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, boss. Yeah. Some, you know, like stuff like that is so harmlessly innocuous and fun and kind of like part of that, that sense of Christmas cheer that you're not going to be dealing with anything that like, you know, you have to explain like hard to your kids about or whatever. I think it's I honestly think it's um if you're looking at that period of time where 
you know, you're worried that a film. By the way, there's a color restoration version of there it. There is. Yeah, there's a color version of it that's been colored. I feel in like post. part of the charm is watching in black and white. I saw the color version of it pretty recently. I think it was either last or the Christmas before last Christmas. I was pretty pleasantly surprised. Huh. What year did it come out? I don't remember. Um, it, I think it is was. Is it the 40s or is it the 50s? I think it's before the 50s, if I'm correct. Um, I'm going to look it up right now because we live in the age of information. That's right. That The, the, <laughs> the age of information will now provide it. But, like, that's Jesus. the thing. But, well, one of the things that I was thinking about with um, It's a Wonderful Life that. 1946. 1946. Is that it's also a film that's in response to, like, you know, it's right off the heels of the war. Uh, you know, World War Two, that little thing that happened, and the war. Which war? Oh, yeah, World War Two. That war. Yeah. And it's often looked at as a film that's celebrated for what it did. You know, it. Um, it, it it's like, especially during that period of time, um, America was in this baby boom period where you had a lot of um, remorse from people. You had a lot of like kind of um, questions about like what wars were even about because you you had these histories of big victories but this one was marked with so much tragedy and such big loss of life we didn't know if we could even continue but um you know questions like that and you have this movie that comes out that is uh, is so wonderful and so peaceful and uh, represents the holiday so well i think it i think it belongs in the list well done moss that was pretty well said oh thank you i'll make a point of actually fucking watching that movie that's good. You better fucking watch that movie. <laughs> okay, so number eight on our list is Krampus. Krampus is a film that scared me. So wait, did Krampus actually scare you? Krampus did scare me. Um, I remember the first time I watched it, and everyone was like, "It's a funny movie." It's like, don't be, don't be afraid of it. Like it's it's also fun while being like traditionally scary. I was not laughing. When other people were, I was just like, I'm I'm kind of a scaredy cat when it comes to horror movies, so that's my problem, but um, I still think it's like a great movie, though. Yeah, I remember before Krampus came out, I was fucking pumped for Krampus. There were so many ads online and just fucking trailers. I wanted to see Krampus so badly. I actually saw it at Yorkdale Mall when I worked at Bath and Body Works after a shift. I convinced my mom to go see it with me. And I was I will admit that with horror movies that I think will scare me, which I thought Krampus might... Uh, I usually look up the plot summaries beforehand and read them because, you know, just, you know, what happens. It's, uh, it's easier, but, um, Krampus, I don't know if Krampus scared me. It creeped me out at certain points, but I found it more fun and funny than scary. Uh, unlike Moss. And I think it has like a really good, like, I think one of the best, like it just, it's such a, it's a bit of a satire of Christmas while also actually like using that. What is it? German myth Krampus. Yeah, I think, or some kind of Scandinavian. Austrian or German. Or, yeah, yeah, actually, never mind, not Scandinavian, very much, yeah. Is it Austrian or German, one of the two. Yeah. Um, I think, I could be wrong, but, but well, you know what, well, I don't want to fact Goes check this, show. I yeah, don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, it just, it was just like, it, first off, are you, I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie of Krampus, like, before this, right? Like, um, and I, I think it was just, it's really great satire, like with the opening credit scene of it's the most wonderful time of the year and everyone's just like fucking killing each other in a Black Friday style-esque like raid of a store. Do you remember that? Yeah. And just everyone acting spoiled and shit and just like showing you like the horrors of like Christmas capitalism and uh, and how and how like the sin that brings Krampus to town is some kid like giving up on the Christmas spirit and like wishing 
I think he wishes ill upon his family because they ruined Christmas for him. Yeah, yeah. And just all of that. Adam Scott's in it. He's fucking great. All the, you know, the child actors are pretty funny in it. Yeah. Like bad yeah. child acting can fucking ruin a movie. But those kids like did a good job. I'd say like 95% of the time I see like a young kid in a pivotal role in a film. And I'm like, oh, that's too bad. You know, like I was almost going <laughs> to, you know, like that was. That, that, that could, sucks. Yeah. Oh, well. He kind of ruined this. Yeah. What can you do? But right? I'm Krampus. Yeah. There's like five kid actors in that movie. It's like five or six kid actors. They're pretty good. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, me too. I liked all of it. I liked how just like the different things came alive. They got trapped in the, they did pretty low, it's pretty low budget movie too. And I think they were able to do it well and like take advantage of where they actually had to have the budget and the visual effects. Yeah. I like the animated sequence where the grandma tells the story of her like running with Krampus. Yeah. That stuff is awesome. That's that like my favorite great. parts of the movie yeah. actually. I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen Krampus since I saw it in theaters. I think I might've seen it on TV later, but I haven't seen it like in full in a while. Like. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I I think I saw it, yeah, I, th- I feel like I saw it on television. Did you not first. see it in theaters? No, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I remember hearing about it when it came out, and then I think, like, the following Christmas it came out, I saw it on, t- on TV um, with my folks, and it was, and, and, you know, like, I, I, I still think it's really good, it's just that, like, when it comes to horror, there's only, I'm not the best. I'm not the best. Yeah, you know, this guy, the director, Michael Do- I think Michael Doherty, uh, he directed the, new, the latest Godzilla. Oh, really? Yeah, that's him. Huh. I like the latest Godzilla. I haven't seen it yet. It's, like, not, like, perfect, but and the, the, the Gareth Edwards one is, is it Gareth Edwards did the last one? Yep. His was better, but uh, this new one's still, like, fun. It's fun. But, like, the problem with the previous Godzilla was that we barely saw him, so at least in the new one, we, we see him more. Kaiju more. St- okay, good, because it was like, come on. And he does more shit, too. Sweet, sweet, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Chris Krampus is great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I suggest going to watch it. It was on Netflix for a while. It's a great fucking movie, and I personally love the mixture of Christmas and horror. Yeah, and I mean, like, we were another film that we were considering putting on the list was Black Christmas, um, but I haven't seen it. So I haven't I'm, seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard really good things. There's about a remake it. coming out this this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that. Um, there's another really like probably one of the most brilliant people I've known. Another master student at York. She's studying Black Christmas and a few other. Um, horror films right now, and I saw I've seen clips of Black Christmas, so I know that it's really well done, and it, and it seems like it's a, like a Canadian slasher too, isn't it? I believe so, and uh, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong; I'm sure it is. I just I haven't seen it in full, so I I, I can't really fully recommend it. Eventually, we'll have to watch that one too. Maybe honorable mentions, even though none of us, neither of us, have fucking seen it. <laughs> yeah, it just the, the critical acclaim for that movie is so high, and we just we we know it's probably good. You know what I mean? So anyway, okay. Anyway, so that's number eight. Number seven. Is Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins, I mean, take it away. What the hell can you say? Yeah, I mean, we've like both seen that one. It's so good. Like, it's it's just infinitely charming. I want I want my own gizmo. And everyone did, Moss. That was like I the toys do. of the of the I, 80s. I still do. It's the 90s or the 80s that came out. It came out in the 80s, didn't it? Yeah. You know what's funny? Apparently people theorize that Furbies are, are they kind of came off of like the Gremlins hype. Did they did not? Furbies not predate Gremlins? Did they predate it? I want to they look, look so similar to me. I want to look it up. I feel like Furbies predate Gremlins. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I know that like, well, I remember that thinking like when I first saw gremlins they reminded me of furbies when i was young because they had like the kind of same big ears some kind of weird beak type yeah like the mouth. cute gremlin looks a lot like a furby yeah furby oh shit uh, no gremlins might have predated Fur- furbies is 1998 haha okay maybe my still speculation that it's copying but still i don't i don't care i'll, I'll take it um yeah gremlins is 84 and 98 is furbies yeah 
Shit. I mean, like, so you're right. Yeah. So Furby's might have ripped off Gremlins a little bit. To me, like Gremlins is a great film that you could show to people who don't want to watch a horror movie, but still get them thrilled. Yeah, because it's like it's a is it technically a, I guess it's technically a horror, but uh, it's a bit. Is what? No, it's like it's a horror movie. Don't get me wrong. I I do agree with that, but it's not really a horror. It's not like Krampus is a horror where there's jump scares and stuff. Like Gremlins, I think has like one jump scare. That's maybe. true. It's more like there are some scares of like you know have these fucking monsters eating people and shit. Don't the, the Gremlins kill a few people, don't they? Yeah, but it's all off screen. Like we don't it's see them like ripping it's more apart. Be funny like, than scary. Krampus like gets pretty dark. Technically, Krampus doesn't kill anyone though. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, but, never, um, mind, never mind, never mind. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Whoops. Anyway, so yeah, Gremlins. I like the cynical approach it looks at Christmas with as well. Kind of cynical. I love that. I really like that little speech the love interest, what's her face gives, the female lead gives about how she hates Christmas. Yeah. Because yeah. her dad died in a, as a Santa suit, mm-hmm. in a Santa suit. Wow, I completely, okay, yeah, now I completely yeah, I forgot that about that. Yeah, Yeah, oof. I like the survivalist part of, uh, of it, trying to survive the holidays. Fucking Gremlins, man. Yeah, I love the the scene with the mom when she like you just oh, well, hear she the microwaves one. Yeah, the cabinets rattling and stuff, and it's yeah. just that that to me that was the one scene when I was a kid that I had to stop watching for a bit because really? I was too scared because the ten you know it's a it's a classic tense moment right like you that's know, like what every she's got the knife and everything and that's what every kid in Canada saw late at night during the holidays on YTV yeah <laughs> like this like if you grew up in Canada. It was it, during the two week Christmas break from elementary school. You were staying up way too late on like a fucking Thursday night, and then you turn on YTV and they were showing Gremlins. Big Harry thumbs up. Yeah, Big Harry thumbs up. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah, every kid first saw this on fucking YTV. Yeah, Carlos from the Zone sometimes introduced a movie, and it was like Whoa, it was always it's it, a it was big fucking, deal. Carlos is introducing. I know, Gremlins. and it's like always goddamn Gremlins during the holiday. They showed a <laughs> lot of fucking. What other movies did YTV always show? Oh, well, around Halloween, it was Beetlejuice because the license That's for that right. was... That's yeah. right. They always showed fucking Beetlejuice on YTV. That's another thing. If you saw Beetlejuice as a kid, you saw it on YTV in Halloween. Oh, yeah. That was the shit. Did they ever show Home Alone? Yeah, Home Alone was on YTV a lot, yeah, too. But, a lot. But fucking lot. Gremlins was on all the time. Every now and then, they show National Lampoons. No, no. Are you if sure? They did, I thought they, they showed did, Christmas Vacation. If they did, it would have been later, and I, w- I didn't watch it when I was younger that way. My parents I, I saw it on TV. That. Are you sure they didn't release it on YTV? They I, didn't I'm show not it? sure. I'm just saying, like, I, didn't, I never watched it there. Okay, anyway. But yeah, Gremlins is always on fucking YTV. This is a, that's a real Canada thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> no other channel in America had it on around no, this time. Never. <laughs> it was only here. Well, I, um... Yeah, no, to me, Gremlins is, yeah, that perfect thing. You can show it to almost anyone where it's like, it's a Christmas movie. It's fun. It's thrilling. It's not so scary that the kids are going to cry. You know, I think it's a, it's a good all-around fun time. Yeah, and in Toronto, they just showed like a, a, what, like a 4K restoration of it somewhere. Did they? At like the Cinesphere. Oh, my God. I'm so mad I missed it. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. A couple of years ago, I saw it at the Royal Cinema. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah, especially, like, anytime the Royal Review does, like, those 35mm showings, I always try and go, but it's just such a commute to get downtown all the time, it kind of sucks. I'm not particularly impressed with the Royal's Christmas schedule this year. Oh, really? Have you seen what their Christmas schedule is? No, I haven't. They've got some of the usual stuff, but, like, they're not showing, I don't know if they're showing Gremlins, the Review's going to be showing Gremlins, Hmm. but, uh, I don't know, they did, like, they used to show, like, Scrooged all the time and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I just think they've had better, better schedules in other Decembers, like, past Decembers. Hmm. Well, I mean, they can't, every every year can't be perfect. They 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 usually nail it. So I guess we should give them like you know one. <laughs> no, I'm not giving them shit. No, uh, how dare you? <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's number seven. Number six is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. What a pick! You knew it had to be on the fucking list. Uh, 
The National Lampoon movies um, mostly misses. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I like I like National Lampoon's Vacation, like the first Griswold movie where they go to Wally's World. I think that's great. That's a fucking classic comedy. Um, and I think the other one that's almost as just as good, if not better, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I I, I love. There are like only a few iconic lines that I think I will never lose place of, and one of them is like this. What's the? What's, oh crap! Now I'm forgetting it. Uh, this wow, line, good. This, this tree's too big for our yard. It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. It's like just such a great moment where they're looking at this giant tree, and he's and Chevy Chase of all like the lines. That's the one. No, but the reason is like Chevy Chase is like has the one of the best. What's it called? Like innocuously stupid faces to go with his delivery. Like he's so good at just being so oblivious to the obvious things in front of him, but he's just like confidently putting his hands on his hips. It's like it's going in our living room. I don't know. When I was younger, I fucking cracked up. It was so good. Yeah, he's pretty. He was pretty perfect for those movies. Yeah, I can't imagine any other like dad trying to take that role. Did you did you ever see those crappy spinoffs that happened from the family that they introduce in Christmas Vacation? What cousin Eddie? Yeah, cousin Eddie has a movie where his family gets like stuck on a deserted island or stuff. Yeah, it's really like bizarre. in theaters or straight to video. I hope to I God think it I've was heard never of it released actually. theatrically. Was it like cousin Eddie's Christmas? Yeah, something. Can something. We look up if it was released theatrically. I like... think it was something that unholy and demonic should not be talked about in such a holy time. But yes, it was. I, I, I saw it briefly because it was on television at one point. Like, I only saw a clip of it because that's all I could really get through. But I noticed, I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy from Christmas Vacation, like Cousin Eddie. Oh, that looks like his character, Cousin Eddie. Oh, God. No, it's called Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Island Adventure, yeah, because they were stranded on, like, some desert island. I don't think island. it was a Christmas movie, oh, though, was it? Oh, my sweet God. That w- I don't know if it was Christmas. I don't know what it was, but it was evil. It was made of, like, pure Yeah, yeah, evil. so it's called... Oh, it's actually called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Eddie's Island Adventure. So it is a Christmas it's movie. A, and it's not just a Christmas movie. It's a direct sequel to Christmas Vacation. In 2003. That's horrifying. That is a reality uh, I don't want to accept. Yeah, um, it was a TV movie uh, with Randy Quaid. That's uh, it. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Like, Jesus. he's got a lot of iconic lines in this movie, though, in Christmas Vacation 1, like, Shitter's Full, where he's just like... Let's not call it Christmas Vacation 1, just call it Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you're right, there's no two, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it had a great fucking opening song, too. Yeah, yeah, Christmas yeah. Vacation! <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, what else about Christmas? It's just a good, like, good, like, dysfunctional family, good comedy. If you watch that movie and you didn't want to go tobogganing with, like, a saucer and see if you could do it... <laughs> You're lying to me. You're you're actually lying to my face. What morals did that movie have? <laughs> Spend time with family, I guess. Like what? Don't fuck up the turkey. Like I don't know. Like yeah, it was. Just, it just like also, it's like you looking for morals in a National Lampoon movie. <laughs> Are you not? Like, yeah, yeah. This is the thematic analysis. Was that cousin Eddie was in the vacation one, wasn't he? The original, the first one. Yeah, they stop is and he? see him. Yeah, they stop and see him. I don't know if it's the same actor, but I'm sure they stop and see cousin Eddie's family. Oh, I I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure they do. Maybe I'm, I'm sure. Wrong. No, I'm sure it happens. I'm just saying I don't remember it. Anyway, it was a good good movie. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah it's a classic. Like every family is sitting around watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I mean, it's like I don't know. It's been a while Julie since I've Louis seen Dreyfus it. Julie Louis is in it. I always forget that oh. she's the neighbor. Huh. Wow. I, yeah, she's the neighbor. She's I the neighbor. That too. I was just about to say. I'm sure that it's probably one of those movies that, like, if we really look at it, um. 
it's humor now. Like there might be a few jokes that make people wince. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Oh, like well, it's, it's been a, a while since I've seen it. It's also a National Lampoon movie. They're full of jokes that make you kind of wince. Yeah, but like at the same time, you know, you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, I'm ready for it to be both like, um, I'm ready for it to be both remembered from fondly, but also remembered with like a lens of like woof. Like this, yeah. was, you know, I'm, I'm sure because it's just been a while since I've seen it. And every time I revisit one of like these quote unquote classics, you're always going to get a line where you're like, oh, well, okay. yeah. OK. All right. So number five is Elf. Elf with Will Ferrell, baby. Thanks, Moss. I was wondering who was an elf. Oh, OK. That's good. Hey, wait a minute. I don't think you were actually <laughs> wondering. <laughs> Again, yeah, there's all I mean, what can we say about Elf? It's just it was like Will was one of Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell's first movies he did after SNL, right? Oh, really? I huh. I think it was. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was one of his first things he did after Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's 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 a pretty defining role for him, too. Like, Yeah, like, that's, like, the one of the quintessential fucking Will Ferrell movies. Like, I, I remember, like, even remotely, like, around the time it came out, it was already being, like, celebrated. Like, went, like, the next year it came out, people were already being like, Santa! Oh my god! Like you know, doing like yep. the lines, everything. Like it was already kind of establishing itself. They showed that that on YTV a few times too. Yeah, yeah. Especially probably more now that it's licenses. You know, it's an older movie now. It's probably easier to show on TV. I don't think so. I think it's just expensive to show around Christmas Elf. Oh yeah, actually, I thought I bet yeah. it would be. Yeah, I bet that's it got its own cheap. Broadway musical too. Was it any good? I never saw it, so I don't know. But I've heard it's probably it's probably good. Probably fine. That's good. Uh, it lends itself to a musical, I think. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, for those who don't know the story of Elf, uh, Will Ferrell's some kid who's left an orphanage winds up in, with Santa, sneaks into Santa's bag or something, winds up being raised by elves, has to go back to connect with his family. There's a good fucking, good comedy, really funny. Will Ferrell, like, really shows his chops. Yeah, he actually does, too. And uh, who else? Is, Zoe Deschanel's in it, I think? Oh, my God. That's right. Before Zoe Deschanel was the most annoying fucking female lead in the world. What are you, what are you talking about? Don't you, lo- don't you get it that she's kind of qu- she's kind of different, Zach? She's different. She's quirky. She's not like those other girls. She's she's doing her own thing. She's your manic pixie, like, fucking... But don't you get that she's quirky? Don't you get that I'm she's kind of doing her own thing? <laughs> I'm trying to... She's th- that girl. Sorry, I hate her too. Don't get it's just like, oh my god. And I don't hate her. Sorry. I shouldn't say that. I just but you know what I mean? The characters she usually plays are kind yes. of annoying. I hate how I'm she's so typecast. Th- I'm trying to think of a good pun with Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Mm. Uh she's Manic Pixie Christmas present. Like fucking get on board. I can't think of shit. That mm, no, was okay. Um was all like, right. let's go with that. We're gonna <laughs> we'll, go with we'll that. Go with that. We'll, we'll settle. There we go. We'll settle. She was good in the movie though. Yeah, she's and she's good too. Like, um, you know, she's like she acts essentially the way Probably a normal person would act, like she's a great like anchor point for that movie. You, you know? know, actually, I know this is going to be awful to bring up, but Family Guy did a really good joke about her where it was like a perfume commercial she's in. And it's but it's like a, it's like Zoe Deschanel's like perfume. And it's like, what do you want to smell like a 40 year old toddler? <laughs> and, you know, that's a perfect, that's a perfect way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean. That's, I mean, granted, I feel like that's the, what's it called? The Zoe Deschanel, like, Katy Perry, like, you know, Emma that's Stone like her, kind like, of, like. hype new girl. Yeah, like, like the kind of, the doughy-eyed, like, contemporary girl aesthetic that's, like, very of that era. Very, very much. Yeah. You know? Which, I mean, you know, if that's Fine. your thing, go for it. I personally can't really stand it anymore. I've just seen it done so much 
that I can't I can't handle it. New Girl enough as a show broke me. It broke a lot of people. Like it broke me, man. Every week, every week it was on. And then that guy from it was the Spider was Spider Man in uh into the Spider Verse. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, the love and the main male love oh, interest that right. he's yeah, 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 Spider Man yeah. in that. Yeah. I've heard mixed things about New Girl and I've tried to watch it several times. It's not so great. please it's not great. I, I hope no one thinks that I'm hating on their best show. I just don't like it. And I no, just, I just can't. It's fine. I just can't. Moss, 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 Moss. You're fine. I, I know, I know. Okay. You're okay. fine. All right. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. Okay. Number four, Home Alone. Again, you've seen it. I don't know if we even have to like talk about it. Like it's Macaulay Culkin it's and Macaulay Joe Pesci. Culkin, and John Hughes, yeah. Joe Pesci. Like Joe Pesci in probably his most frightening role. <laughs> not, not where he plays a contemptuous gangster. No, no, no. Where he's just a house robber with a goofy <laughs> sidekick. He's the fucking scariest in Home Alone. And I just remember watching Home Alone as a kid. And the only reason I have more of an appreciation for it now. But the only reason I watched Home Alone as a kid was for the giant trap sequence. Oh, yeah. Of where yeah. they fall for all those traps in the house. Yeah. That yeah. was why I watched Home Alone. That's the that's the that is the like tantamount satisfying sequences. Like, you know, trying to get in through the window, stepping on the ornaments. Stepping on the Chris, they get hit by the paint cans, oh. the electric doorknob, where he just holds on for some reason. Remember that time that he got his foot complete, nearly completely stabbed through with a nail covered in tar? Oh, my God. That's right. Like, my God. The ringer he put these people through. What was through. the actor? Who played uh, the other robber? Marvin. Or was Marvin Joe Pesci? Oh, I forget. No, Marv is the other guy, I think. So who plays I, Marv? I forget his name now. It's the He was in City Slickers. Oh man, I can't I can't remember his name. Anyway. Um yeah, but they were great Don, together. If there was only some kind of search engine I could I'm not taking out my I phone. I could access yeah, not me either, to be honest. I, um but yeah, all of it was fantastic. That movie like defined the nineties too. Yeah, yeah. Like every every comedy wanted to have traps like Home Alone. Uh that shitty fucking sequel, Home Alone Lost in New York. I haven't actually seen it in full. Yeah, but I, know I remember that... we watched it on that. Remember when we came back from New York, they put it on the bus. Oh, God. Yeah, you're we right. Watched Never mind. It. We did watch it. It's just so forgettable. I, I completely. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's forgettable, but also. So I remember the traps were like, they were a little like, not violent isn't the word I'm looking for, but very slapsticky. And obviously, like, it hurt the robbers a lot in the movie and all that shit. But in Home Alone 2, this kid practically murders those two. I mean, he did throw a brick at them from the top of a building, which would have instantly killed you. Like, there's no question. Threw a brick at them, which hit one of them. There's a scene where they get hit by a bowling ball. There's a fucking creepy shot where Marv, I'm pretty sure Marv is a skinny one. Yeah. Marv is electrocuted, and he just keeps holding on, and there's a, and, he, and it, like, gets flashier and flashier until at one point it's just a skeleton with his hair all the way up, like a cartoon. But it looks oh very, God. it looks creepy as shit when it's live action. Oh, yeah, because the traps were just like violent as hell in the in the new one. They were just like, you know what? How do we one up it? You know what? Let's let's kill him. Let's just kill let's, him. Yeah, let's, this kid's just gonna brutally murder two let, people in New York City. It's like let's kill him, but then we'll the keep heart him alive. Of the city. They'll survive somehow. We don't care. Like we'll just put him through the ringer like Looney Tunes. That, I forgot he throws a brick at them too. Yeah, like I think that's one of the first times that's they the first meet. Thing, yeah, like, he's just like, oh hey, and he just tosses a brick at them from the ceiling, but or from the from the roof. I remember there's that Donald it, Trump cameo. Yeah, I, I, it, it was what it did birth that meme where it's like he's like, oh, which way is the thing? And Donald Trump's like to the floor, and, and then someone edited it where it just cuts into like immediately as Donald Trump starting, he's just like, ah, and like runs <laughs> away. A Rob Schneider's in it. 
Oh, of course, Rob Schneider's in it. And Tim Curry's also, like, remember that whole scene where, like, he fakes them out, where yeah. he makes them think that he's going to, like, kill himself or, like, blow up the room or something. He's going to start shooting them. Yeah, he does this whole sequence where, like, he plays a video. Where he does the same thing. Where he, he does the same thing again that he did where he's just like, it's not, I'm going to kill you. Everyone falls for that. Yeah, like, and everyone somehow can't hear that it's obviously coming through a television. Like, what adult can't tell that it's obviously sound coming through a that. television? Yeah, sorry. That's Home Alone 2, though. But Home Alone 1. Yeah, yes. Home Good Alone Christmas 1. Morals. I'll, I'll get a little... Good Christmas Morals. Beat the shit out of Home Invaders. Okay. Beat okay. the shit out of them. <laughs> Don't even care. Just There's the really touching them. scene with the old man, him reconnecting with his daughter. Mm-hmm. A very Catherine. Santa-like figure. Yeah. Yes, Moss. Mysterious, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah with he's Santa. Big, with white Although they're scared of him at first. Yeah, because he's fucking terrifying. Like Until he's not. Let's be real, you were scared of him too. Like I was a little creeped out by him, yeah. And we all judge books by covers. We all say we don't, but we all Oh yeah, do. we're we gonna judge do. you just oh, by yeah. your appearance. Oh yeah. He had that he had that glare. Um yeah, Home Alone, fucking great. Good great John Williams score too. Oh, iconic. Like iconic music, despite icons being visual. Like it is just so uh, yeah, and, and I can think that's one of those again, like almost any John Williams song. To be fair, you could put on, and I'll be like, "Oh, Home Alone." Yeah, you know, it's I put on my Christmas party uh, playlist. Yeah, so good. Fuck yeah. Okay, number three, Scrooged. Scrooged, yeah. yeah. I fucking <laughs> love Scrooged. It it's not number one, but for me, it's number one. It is my favorite fucking Christmas movie of all time. It is my favorite Bill Murray movie. It is my favorite goddamn adaptation of A Christmas Carol. It's so 1980s. It's so fucking funny and creepy. They took advantage of like their weird fucking special effects. Who the hell directs it again? Uh, give me a minute. Okay, I'm also gonna look that up. Uh, just everyone's fucking perfect in it. Carol Kane's in it. Everything's funny. Their adaptations of the three ghosts are perfect too. I love the taxi driver. I love Will Ferrell seeing himself as a kid. I mean, Will Ferrell, sorry, Bill Murray seeing himself as a kid. I love all of it, the cheekiness of it. I love how awful Bill Murray is. I love how dark and cynical it gets too. Like it gets dark at some points. Like when he sees that hobo frozen to death in the sewers. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty scary. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just everyone's so fucking funny. I love how heavily like in the television world it is like he's a television network executive but also just like the other references to tv and how he grew up being raised by tv and shit like that mm. and how they don't necessarily say that's a bad thing like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's just so fucking good and funny and like i like how dark it gets i almost wish it got it went darker than that but uh it's a pretty it's a i just love it so, in case you're wondering, Scrooge was directed by Richard Donner, who did Superman. He did a right. bit of Superman 2. Uh, he did The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, The Omen, pretty legendary American director. And Scrooge definitely is a, in my opinion, like, even though I, I also, I also, I do really like Scrooge. Not as much as Zach, but I really, really, I, I find it's a, it's, a, it's a true classic. And um, people usually get, people like usually think it's like, like, if you don't love it, people, I've met a lot of people who think it's kind of mediocre. But it's I, not. It's fantastic. Shut up. I mean, I, I understand that there's probably some people who, um, like, I remember my parents said that they didn't like it because they thought it was too silly. Like, they didn't like um, the, It's the perfect amount of fucking silly. Well, I know that they didn't like the leprechaun-esque figure stuff or, you know, like the, or sorry, the, the elf, you know, like the, you what? know, with the, with the cigars and stuff. I think that for some people, they oh, see like kind okay. of a 80s, 90s corporatism clashing 
pretty hard with the the kind of sweet, wholesome messages. But it's like, that's the point of the movie. It's trying to kind of like make you face a certain, um, I mean, at the time, uh, neoliberal capitalist reality while still being like, it's Bill Murray as Scrooge going through it. Like, you always got to bring a fucking uh, academia into it, don't you, Moss? It's, it's not academic. That's, those are just normal words I love that everyone uses. they're also doing a broadcast of A Christmas Carol in the movie. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Again, it's just it's it's so layered and it's so like aware of what it's doing, too, which very few other Christmas movies actually attempt to be where you have this kind of fine line to tread between a Christmas movie that is both wholesome and sweet and trying to be genuine in it and also one that wants to be critical of that message while still retaining that wholesome sense. So it's like, you know, what do you do? How do you? How do you balance out these, at times you might think, conflicting ideas? The reality of Christmas is that it's this, like, you know, capitalist um, seize upon wealth, like this kind of ultimate last-ditch effort before uh, the quarter one report has to come in. You know, we got to sell this product. How do we push it? Um, Versus, you know, also a time of uh, seasonal recollection, a time of giving and of loving and of... Of, of, of remembering that you love your family, hopefully, uh, if you have a good family, if you're privileged enough, um, you know, if you have a good enough group of friends that you can share and give stuff with, that's also like, you want to feel, you want to feel like, that's good. It's good that you can do that, you know? Good to feel, good to feel Christmassy. You done? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Zach, I, I try. You, are you done with I your try, fucking I, rants? I try so hard for you. And you just, nut. you you just, Okay, anyway. Anyway, it's good. Number two, A Christmas Story. Again, this is a pretty essential one. You know, you'll shoot your eye out. That weird lamp with the leg. (laughs) That's the only way you can describe it. Well, I love it because, like, they put that as a prop in the movie, and now it's like every fucking kitschy store sells that lamp. Every goddamn store has that fucking lamp. I think the thing that... A Christmas story gets so well that no other story, no other story about a kid gets is the scene where he imagines himself blind and his parents are all really sad about it because he like, because any kid who wants to like stick it to their parents for like caring about them imagines imagines themselves suffering just so their parents would feel bad and they like, they kind of get the satisfaction of like, oh, now you'll see, now you'll see what you did to me. They, it's like no, every fucking kid imagines that unless you're like some angel. <laughs> this was the movie for Moss. Like. Listen, shut up. Every kid imagines that, and it was perfectly explored there. It was like there's so there's so many like nuggets of childhood insight that that movie has, especially if you're taking place in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, stuff that's aged well, like licking the pole and all these things, and like your mom licking bundling you up way too much. Yeah, okay, yeah, out saying of fuck and getting the yeah, getting saying, the business, saying fuck, like what a big deal when you're a kid, you know, like it especially matters for a Christmas so movie. much. Yeah, yeah. Who narrated that? I don't know, but that voice will always be in my yeah. head. Like I can hear it right now, but I can't. And that place gross the name. sequel they made to it. Yeah, yeah, that was Reza made like teenager. pretty recently, huh? That was like, yeah, that was in the two thousand, uh, late two thousands, early twenty ten, uh, something like that. Yeah, Nostalgia Critic did a review of it. God, why? Do, why? Why? Why can't? Why can't people? Well, you know what's funny is, um, I asked my, I asked my mom like, why can't people just make new stuff? And she's like, well, look at the new stuff. And she's like, all the Hallmark movies. 
She's like, do you want? Okay, I don't think do that's you what want new stuff. I was like, talking about original movies. I don't think Hallmark is the direct thing to like look at. No, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Where it takes a while for a new good holiday themed story to cement itself. It takes a while, like you know. That's it, true. They're, they're, it's kind of like capturing lightning in a bottle because you already have a history of really solid stuff out there. So it's like, how? What's my original Hol- contribution? Holiday movies might be the one of the tougher ones to write. If you want to make it good. If you don't, it's got to be easy to write. If you look at all of these Christmas movies that come out every year, all the time, like a factory, you look at them and half of them have the same goddamn name. They're so bad. Okay, all right, calm down. It's a tragedy, I tells you. Anyway, it's... Anyway, that's Hallmark. I'm talking about original movies. Yeah, look at Hallmark. Uh, <laughs> well, I just meant, like, technically those are all original stories. Oh, my God. Quote, unquote. But, um... Okay, yes, that's a that's a Christmas story. That is a Christmas story. And our number one Christmas movie, our number one favorite Christmas movie on this fucking podcast is Arthur Christmas. Oh yeah, it's good. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. So this, I also think this movie is a super underrated Christmas movie. Yeah, not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people have seen it. It came out and kind of got glossed over, which sucks because I think it's fucking fantastic. Uh, It's an animated movie. Came out in... Do you know what year it came out? I think 2012. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. We'll go with that. I think 2012. We'll look it up after. We'll look it up after. Um, who, the hell, who the hell are the voice actors in it? I think 2012. No, I don't know. Um, I... Uh, there's a decent amount of... like. There's Okay, it's a very British movie. It's a British animated movie. I'll give you a brief uh, summary of the concept. Arthur Christmas is like the youngest son of like the Christmas family. Like his dad is Santa. Their grandpa before that was Santa as well. Um, the dad is like on the verge of retiring of being Santa. I think this year is supposed to be like his very last Christmas. Yeah. Um, Arthur well, one Christ- of them at least. One of them anyway. Uh, Arthur's older brother is like kind of like Santa's like number two dude. He's like helps like deliver all the Christmas presents. They have all these elves that help them. Um the way they did they deliver Christmas presents very futuristic and shit. Just see the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what happens this Christmas is that they discover that one of the gifts was left behind and some kid didn't get her bike. So Arthur Christmas, the main character, who's like this clumsy idiot who no one takes very seriously, sets out to like make sure the, the present is delivered in the old-fashioned way, like with reindeers and shit. And it's just all about this giant chase of them trying to find him, making sure it's delivered well. And... They kind of look at all these sides of like how to do things like doing the futuristic way, doing the old fashioned way. And they could have easily picked a picked a side saying like, oh, the future way is the right the futuristic modern way is the right way to do it, or the or the traditional way is the right way to do it. But rather they like take this middle road, which is really nice, where they say like sometimes you just lose sight of why we do things at this time of year. And it's a good fucking moral. It's like it's real it's a bit of a tearjerker at points. It's really good British humor. It's a fucking fantastic movie. And it's really well animated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's done by Ardman, and it was one of their only uh, fully CG projects that they did. So, like, technically, I think one of the bigger previous CG projects that Ardman had done was uh, Flushed Away, which still had retained a lot of that kind of Wallace and Gromit art style. While this one, being purely CGI, took a really unique style that I really think is great. The character designs in this movie are brilliant. So James McAvoy played Arthur, who's our main character. He, That's who it was. Uh, you can kind of tell, like, he's... 
his character design is really solid, but the more you look at like um Bill Nye's Grand Santa, they're kind of like it's a brilliant right. design for old Santa. Hugh Laurie plays Steve, who's like the more Right, it's Hugh Laurie. Um, yeah, he's like the guy who who wants to take over Santa. He has like a Christmas tree gro- goatee. Oh yeah, and he's his, like, like super military esque. Yeah, there's something very charming in like how they've managed to incorporate Christmas imagery in everything, like stuff you wouldn't imagine them. Like that whole movie is just Easter eggs for well, lack of a better term, Easter eggs for Christmas references. Uh-huh. Like you uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. You want to slow down <laughs> that laugh a little? No, no. But um, yeah, and um, I think I think it's like. To me, when I first saw it, I just, I loved it so much. I, I, I had kind of already known I was going to like it because I love Ardman Productions, but um, going into it, I was really surprised. By the way, it came in 2011, not 2012. Oh, uh, okay. Well, good for you. I know. I know. I was, I'm defeated. But the film is, um, <laughs> it's it's actually really inventive, I think is the word for it. Like, yeah, it's creative. Yeah, super, super creative. The solutions, like, like Zach was already mentioning, like the way that they do things and the way that you see the contrast between the supposedly old school way of Santa versus this new, like mil not even military, like super future, like Tony Stark level technology of like cloaking devices of these giant fleets that they have in the sky. It's like their sleigh is like this giant red. Like, I don't know if anyone played the game Sonic adventure, but Dr. Eggman's giant red fleet literally looks just like this giant Santa sleigh. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really bizarre movie at first because you're almost like this is a this doesn't feel very Christmassy at first, even despite the, all the aesthetics and subjects being Christmassy. But like it's it so heartwarming. It's so rewarding. It's like it's such a satisfying movie to watch. Yeah. because And again, it's super overlooked. If you haven't seen Arthur Christmas, do yourself a favor. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Take a fucking look. Yeah. Yeah, so that wraps up our top 10 Christmas movie list. Yeah. Anything else we should say before the holidays? Um. Okay, so real quick, I wanted to just mention, everyone tends to talk about how Die Hard is a Christmas movie and how... Fucking here we go, Moss. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not going to say I don't like Die Hard, though I do have to say, if you watch any of them, watch three, because you don't even need that much context for it. Why, is that the... You think that's the best Die Hard? It's easily the best one. It has Sam Jackson in it. Like, who did you want with John McClane? Sam You Jackson. don't think the first one's the best? The first one's really good. Don't get... Hey, I'm going to get to it. Hey, hey, hey. Do you see what he For does? For the record, do I haven't... How he, do you see how he just jumps down my throat, like, so quick? Sorry, go on. Yeah. For the record, I haven't seen any Die Hard movies. Oh, okay, okay. So so he so he's we'll actually... Keep going. So not only is Zach criticized... No, I'm kidding. Sorry, I'm not going to... Okay. <laughs> no, but... The reason that I... I just want to I want to throw my hat into the ring on this like is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate or anything and I want to say that it can be watched as a Christmas movie but none of the morals of it like celebrate what makes Christmas good I've seen so many YouTube videos of people like making huge lawyeristic jumps and like looking at like narrative loopholes where it's like technically if you look at it like this it's a Christmas movie like no 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 don't give me that shit. Like Moss is sick of your bullshit. I'm I'm quite frankly done. Quite no, but like <laughs> um and if you like it, I'm not trying to bag on you, but I'm saying definitely watch Arthur Christmas instead because it's like way better. Um it even has a lot of like tense um like police style moments where there's like, you know, really tense moments where you're where you're you're not sure if the main characters like they're stuck in a vent or something. I just remember there was a lot of moments where Arthur Christmas plays a lot with tension and action. So um I think if you want something that's actually a Christmas movie that still satisfies all those things. 
Arthur Christmas is better. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I've got anything else to say. Okay, thanks, Moss. Glad you had a little another little rant. Um, yeah, a little rant. I, I don't know. It was a- anyway, we hope you enjoyed our top 10 Christmas, mo- Christmas movie list. Uh, if you didn't agree with our stuff, um, go to hell. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, heck. Uh, no, actually, go to hell. Yeah, like... <laughs> Radar, radar, uh, rate the podcast, uh, write a review, maybe tell us your fucking Christmas movie list. Yeah, yeah, um, do that. We hope everyone has a great holiday. It's a good new year. Uh, try to make some good New Year's resolutions. If you do that, but if you're smart enough not to and you just skip it, also, like, kudos to you, but wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I'm, you not, haven't I'm seen, not there yet. If but. you haven't seen some of the movies on our list, uh, maybe check them out. Watch Arthur Christmas, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Make that a tradition, man. That, that movie's so good. <sighs> Honestly. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. See you next time. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.